Hey, this is Shelly Zan, and this is the Impact Over Influence podcast. I hope that you receive whatever it is that God has for you today. Hello, welcome back. Last week, whenever we ended our episode, I'd asked you a question of what blocks your blessing. And so based off of however you answered that, or maybe you didn't even at all, but we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about what holds us back. And the name of this episode is Don't Hold Back. Um, I think that the answer to anything that holds us back from our purpose in Christ and going through this process of God revealing all these new things to us is always going to be the enemy. He's behind the answer of anything that hinders us in our growth to Christ. You need to know that. Go ahead and put a Satan tag on it to say he is what's binding me up. He is the chain. He is the rope. He is whatever is consuming you to be able to not go forward. So I just want for you to know that he is the snare. He is what's doing that first and foremost. But today in this episode, we're going to identify what those parts are. What's hindering you? Why is it hindering you? Maybe it's hindered you your whole life. You know, sometimes I feel like when we finally become honest with ourselves, we realize that things really stem from a long, long time ago, right? That's where the root is. And so what God wants to do is he wants to just pull the whole thing up. He doesn't want to just kill what's on the surface, right? He wants to pull it all the way up. So we're going to do that today. I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited for what's going to happen for you throughout this week um, to where you will just quit being held back. We're just going to take a take a pair of shears, take a, a cutting torch, you know, whatever extreme we got to go to, we're about to break whatever it is that's binding you. So um, I want to talk real quick. Our first verse I'm going to read is Romans 8.31. Romans 8.31 says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Okay, God is for you. If you haven't heard that throughout this entire Impact Over Influence podcast, I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to tell you again. God is for you. God has his hand on your life. He wants for you to have him in fullest extremes that you possibly ever could absorb. He wants you and you need to want him. Okay, he is for you. So if he is for you, what else can be against you? He is the creator of all. He is sovereign. He has all authority. And in him and in Christ, we have that also. So don't hold anything back. Um, the hardest part of walking on our purpose is whenever we face opposition. Y'all, the first time I can tell you with so much experience, and I don't even have half of what most people do, but the minute you start walking in your purpose in Jesus Christ, you will come up against a speed bump against a, up to a fence, hit a wall. And the first thing you're going to do is throw up your hands and start crying and say, why am I even doing this? What am I even doing this for? This is so much trouble. Or then you'll start questioning your purpose because that's really what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to do just like Eve did, did in the garden. She started questioning who God is and what he said and what he had put into her. That's what you're going to do. You're going to say like, you know what? Maybe I've got it wrong. You know, maybe this passion I have, maybe this purpose I feel like I have, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not right. Maybe I need to eat from this apple and see what else there is in store. That's a no-go. The enemy wants for you to question God. He does. Don't question God. Don't question God. Know that God has given you a race to run and that you have to run it with perseverance and endurance. And you can only have that through him. Don't start questioning. Don't start questioning your worth. Don't start questioning your purpose. And dang sure don't start questioning God's voice. God's voice is God's word and what he says does not return void and he means what he says. He will not contradict himself, okay? He wants for you to understand that and I do also. Um, he never wants for you to question him because then that takes away your trust and where you lack trust, you will disobey, okay? Obedience and trust, they go hand in hand. When one climbs, the other one climbs. And so by that, I just want for you to understand we're going to start with a parable 
Jesus talks about. Um, it's two. It's two times um, throughout the Gospels. I kind of, I kind of weighed out which which one to read based off of Luke and Matthew. They're they're the same story, just told by different people. Um, but I'm going to read out of Matthew. It's going to be uh, chapter 25, verses 14, 14 through 29. You can also find this in Luke chapter 19, verses 11 through 26. But we're going to read about these um, these three these three people, um, these three servants, and one of them holds back. And so I want for you to put yourself in this seat because there's been some point in your life where you've held back in growth with God. You've held back with your purpose. And so we're going to read what happens in that and just the responsibility that we have to take to do with, we have to do something with whatever God gives us. I'm going to start in chapter 25, verse 14. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money with them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities then he left on his trip, okay? So this guy has divided, according to their abilities, different amounts. Same thing with us. And all these weeks past, y'all, we've talked about what God has given to you. He has given to you your skills, your personality, your gifts, and your passions, okay? So you are one of these three, okay? You have been distributed things from God. Then verse 16 says, The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with the two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Okay, so the first two, they went and did what? They sowed it in. They poured into it. Then what? They gained a return. Okay, they sowed what they had and they gained a return. But the one guy, he didn't. He dug a hole and he hid it. He hoarded it. He held on to it. Okay. After a long time after the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account for how they had used their money, the servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handing this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's go celebrate together. Okay? He used it, and his master was super pleased. He's like, yes, you did it. I'm giving you honor. Let's go celebrate. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you more responsibilities. Let's go celebrate together. Once again, for the second time, he said, Look, I saw you did good with it. You used it. You used it. Now I'm going to give you more responsibilities. Let's go celebrate. Because when you are given something, there is responsibilities that are required. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. And I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. Okay. He dug a hole. He hoarded it because he had fear. He had fear. I was afraid I would lose your money. He was afraid he could mess it up. It wasn't even his to start with, was it? It was given to him. He was given one bag of silver as a gift and he didn't use it because he was afraid he would lose it. So he hid it in the earth. Now he's saying, here it is back. Has God given you something and you're scared you're going to mess it up? 
So instead, you're going to hold it and hide on to it. And then what? You want to give it back to him. Lord, I don't want this talent. Lord, I don't want this gift. Lord, I don't want this passion or skill or ability. God, I'm giving it back to you because I don't want to mess it up. Okay. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops and didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. What he's saying there is, well, then you should have gave it to somebody else if you weren't going to do anything with it. If you weren't going to use what gift I've given you, then you should have gave it away so that somebody else at least could have earned something because of it. Okay. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who had 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they do have will be taken away. Okay, so from this story, from these parables, I've tried kind of verse by verse to kind of reiterate what the meaning of it is there to me. I really also, just like any other episode, God, go, guys, go read this for yourself. Let God talk to you. Because when I know what he's speaking to me is like, okay, here's the deal. I gave it to them. They didn't have to earn it because it was a gift. Okay, I have not earned the giftings that God has given me. I only have them based off of the grace that he has given me. Okay, same goes for you too. The grace and the favor he wants to give you that you have not earned is a reason why you have the talents that you have. But he wants for you to use them. He doesn't want for you to hold back. He doesn't want for you to hoard it. He wants you to give it away. He wants you to sow it into that way it can reap something. When God places a gift in you, it's for a reason. I cannot keep on repeating myself. I just pray that by now you get it, that you've gotten it. But you need to know that there is an enemy out there that he wants to still kill and destroy. And what he wants to do is he wants to steal your purpose from you. He wants for you to be scared and to destroy the excitement of the God-given gift that he has placed in you. The devil wants for you to hoard it. He wants you to hold on to it. He wants you to be scared and to hide it. When you dig a hole and bury something, what are you doing? You're hiding it. You're hiding it. That's what that guy did. And God's like, no, man, you at least should have given it away so somebody else could have done something with it. Even if you didn't want to use it, you shouldn't have hit it. He's saying the same thing to you also. Don't hide it. Don't hide it. He held it back and he didn't sew it. So what are you holding back? Not only what are you holding back, what's making you hold back? What goes through your mind throughout your entire life? What is the reason why you can't? What's the reason why you can't? Ask yourself, ask yourself, maybe it's come from childhood and somebody told you that you weren't good enough. You weren't smart enough. You can't handle it. Maybe those insecures weren't given to you by other people, but they're just given to you from yourself. Maybe you've made some mistakes. Maybe God's gifted you stuff before and you feel like you screwed it up. The good part about God is when he has his hand over your life, he protects you. We read that verse in a previous episode. He protects you. He holds you. Okay. What is it? Maybe you feel like you're, you're just a fake. You know, you feel like that even when you are good deep down, you're so dirty that it's not real. We all, I have those doubts all the time right? Because we're flesh. We're human, okay? You're going to have faults. You're going to have failures. You're going to have flaws. But the blood of Jesus Christ is what cleansed you. It made you white. All of our redemption, all of our, our reconciliation is not because you can be a good enough person. You can never be a good enough person to deserve the blood of Jesus. It was given to you as a gift. 
Maybe you feel like that God, that you just can't handle success. That maybe if he He gives you just like the guy with the five bags and then it turns into 10, but you think, you know what? I don't want the 10 because I'm not good enough to be successful. I can't handle it. If I do gain prosperity, I can't handle it. Guess what? Whatever God gives you, God will also help you steward it. That's why the more success you get, the more responsibilities you get, the more you got to seek him. More, 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 more. Sometimes in life, we can feel like, man, God just given all of this to us. Like, what do we do with it? We keep saying yes to God. That's what we do. We keep saying yes because we're much is given, much is required. But the only way you can handle any of that way is because you're giving it away to God as it's given, being given to you. You know that the hands that it's placed in aren't your own. They aren't your own because you, you're right. You're not good enough on your own. You're not going to be able to on your own. He never asked you to to begin with. Instead, he says, lean on me, lean on me, not your own understanding. I love that verse in Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. He said, don't, don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord. Trust that if he give it to you, gave it to you, he's also going to give you the discernment to use it. If he gave it to you, he's going to give you the provisions that you need step by step. If he gave it to you, he's also going to give you the courage to walk it out. He is not going to leave you or forsake you. I think that all the lies that the enemy gives us, we need to really be able to pinpoint the fact that they are lies. Okay. He is the king of lies. Scripture tells us. So when you are hearing, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You can't handle success. You can't deal with mistakes. You're never going to get what you want. Whatever it is, all these lies that are coming to your head, you need to know first where they come from. But then we got to replace it with some truth. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. I want you to know that what the enemy does to tie you up, the chain, the rope, whatever it is that I was talking about when we opened up this episode, it's given to you by the devil, okay? And scripture tells us that you need to strip it off because it's meant to slow you down. By now, and this throughout all these weeks, by now you have a, an inclination of what it is that God's given you and what he wants for you to do with it. Now you got to figure out what's holding you back. So once we identify what's really limiting our beliefs, we got to also begin going at this, y'all, with a mindset that's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to demolish this lie, but I got to replace it with the truth. That space cannot stay empty. You want to know why? Because the enemy's just going to go ahead and put his two cents in where it's not even wanted because you don't have anything else to counteract that. So we know that that has to be replaced. In John 14, verses 27, it says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is not as the world can give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Those letters are red. So Jesus is telling them, look, I'm giving you peace. I'm giving you peace for your mind because we know that the, the battleground for the devil is always going to be inside of your head, telling you, you can't, you won't you don't, whatever it is, those lies, they're all in your mindset. But Jesus is like, no, nah, man, I give you a peace of mind. That's what I'm doing. So don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. Instead, just prepare yourself to hear God's voice. You know, I think that's another thing that we want, we want signs and we want confirmation. We're about to talk about confirmation for a little while, but we want all that, but we're not willing to prepare our mind and get to a place where that we can actually receive it. Y'all I'm talking about being still. I'm talking about being desperate. Saying like, okay, Lord, I'm prepared for you to talk to me. I have stripped myself of anything that is not of you. I have taken away my sin that's binding me up. I'm making my mind clear 
so that you have space to come in and speak. Okay? That is preparing to hear God's voice. Removing all the doubt, being willing to listen. So, in Mark chapter 16, verses 20, it says, And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Okay, the disciples went out, and what did they do? They confirmed. They confirmed. They confirmed everything that that Jesus had taught them, that God had given them. They knew what their calling was at this point. So they go out and they preached and God worked through them and confirmed. Confirmation. Whenever you're at a point that you don't want to hold back anymore and you hit that wall or you go across that speed bump of opposition, you think like, okay, am I wrong, Lord? Ask him for confirmation right then. So like, okay, Lord, I'm doubting. I'm starting to doubt if this is my purpose. I'm starting to doubt if this is my calling. Make me know that I'm able to do it. Give me confirmation. Ask God to confirm. The disciples did it. I'm sure you can do it. I know that we can together. I want to ask God, God, confirm to me that I'm on the right path. Confirm to me that you're still in this thing. Let me know, God, that you're here. Let me know, God, I'm doing this for the right reasons. Asking. You know, I think about, um, you know, movies that I've watched. You know, I've never been in this situation. If you have, I totally don't mean to step on your toes. But if anybody gets kidnapped and they make a call, they're like, hey, we need this amount of money for ransom or whatever, right? You've seen that on a movie. Surely surely you have. So I just think like if that were me, if somebody were calling me saying, look, Shelly, I need everything that you possibly have because I'm going to be like, hold up, prove to me that this is you. Or maybe your account's been hacked, right? And the bank's wanting to call you and be like, hey, did you, are you the one that made this purchase? They want to confirm it, right? Because something's going down that's out of the ordinary. So, I want you for you to, to, to twist that and apply it to the sense of you changing your purpose or your calling in your life. You saying like, okay, God's giving me this passion. I want to walk this thing out. This is, I've known through the process. This is my purpose, okay? Ask God to confirm it. Say, okay, Lord, this is all changing up some. Is this you? Is this really you? Is this really what you're wanting for me? Ask him to do that. Because if you don't confirm it, then you're not going to anchor it down in your heart and the devil's going to be able to wage you against it. Christ is our anchor, so we need the confirmation for him to know what we're supposed to do. There's scriptures that Gideon, Gideon is a um, a man in the Old Testament. We're going to read real quick in Judges chapter 6 about him because he requ- he asked God to confirm to him also. And I want to read this story because I don't ever want for scripture to seem like a bunch of fairy tales because I think that... Um, we can get to do that in church. We kind of think that this is something that happened way back then. It can't happen now, but then we need to understand if we want a miracle, we got to believe that there are miracles. Okay. If you want for God to come in and bring you something, you need to know and, and be inspired by the fact he's already done it before, because that's the God that he is. He's a God that's that majestic and he's been proving himself and his power since the beginning of time. And he doesn't want to stop then. He wants to keep doing it now, but let's go ahead and read these stories so that it can give us the confidence that he wants to come into it for us. So Gideon needed God to confirm to him. And it's okay for you to ask that God confirms things to you also. He doesn't want um, to keep downing what he has presented you. He wants for you to walk in it. And that's what he asked, asked of Gideon. So um, right now in the kind of the storyline, uh, I want you to go read it for yourself one day. It's um, Judges chapter six. I'm going to go ahead and start in verse 34. But so right now they're camping. Um, he's about to get some instruction. The spirit of Lord has came on Gideon. All the power has been on Gideon. And so I'm going to start in verse 36. It says, then Gideon said to God, 
If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, prove to me in this way. Okay, he's asking God to confirm. I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. And if the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And that is just what happened. When Gideon got up the early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. Let me use the fleece for one more test. This time, the fleece remain this time let the fleece remain dry with while the ground around it is wet with dew so that night god did just as gideon had asked and the fleece was dry in the morning but the ground was covered with dew so gideon not only at, I'm, that's the thing when you come up against something that's hard that you know you can't do on your own that you need god you want to say okay god i need to know this this is you and that's what he did gideon had the power of god and he's like okay lord I just want to know that this is you. This is what I'm asking. Then he goes and he asks for the next morning it to do the complete opposite. He's just asking for a sign. God, let me know this is you. Let me know I'm doing right by you because I know I'm. you're asking me to rescue Israel. You've promised me that you're going to do that. Lord, I just want to know that it's you. I want to know that this is right. Prepare your heart for God to confirm it. Listening to God is more important than talking to God. And the reason why I want to start off with that or want to tell you that is because when you listen to God, it requires you to do a lot more. Because when you talk to God, God already knows what you're about to say. God knows what you think before you even think it. Okay, so when you communicate with God, that's one thing. But you need to really understand the severity of allowing God to also communicate back to you. Whenever you're being held back and you're being bound by stuff. You're wanting an answer. You're wanting God to speak, but you have to know that you are required to listen. You're required to be able to hear from him what he's saying. You got to be ready to do that. Listening to God means you do it with your heart and your ears, but you also listen to God with your spirit. You open your spirit up to say, okay, I want for you to come in and do something. I want for you to come in and give me instruction. I want for you to fulfill your promises, Lord. And I'm choosing to surrender my spirit over to you to be able to hear you and to be able to do this thing. Be still and know that I'm God. That's in Psalms 46. Confirming what God has told you should also first be done through his word in the Bible. When you ask God of something and you feel like he's telling you something, go back to his word and his scripture and make sure it aligns with who he is. If God's asking you to tell somebody some biblical truth, maybe it's to deliver kind of a message that seems hard. God's word says that he he and the gifts he gives you are meant to build people up. God is never going to speak something into you to speak to somebody else that's going to tear them down. That's not who he is. I'm just using that, that as an example to know what God, how God confirms. God's word will not contradict what God's telling you. Okay. That's not how that works. Be sure that whenever you listen to God, you have that discernment and then you don't have blind spots. What I mean by blind spots is that's when the devil wants to sweep in because you never saw it coming. When God's placing something in you and over your life, be able to sit back and say, okay, I want to make sure this thing has circled all the way around me. I'm not going to shut the doors to my home, but leave my windows open. I say that all the time because I've been guilty of doing that so much. It's the places that you're vulnerable, the places you didn't protect, the places you weren't watchful. That's when the enemy's going to sweep in and and bring doubt to you. 
or use people in your life to bring doubt to you. Know that that's always of him. It's not against the person. It's just who he's wanting to use. But seal yourself up. Be able to speak those promises on your life and in your life so that you're guarded and you're protected. Put on that full armor of God that's talked about in Ephesians 6 because we all have blind spots. I want to say, too, another way to confirm stuff is by asking another believer. Um, you know, Bible. the Bible tells us in James that um, healing comes from confessing to one another, okay? So if you go to somebody that you know, make sure they're a believer. Make sure that you know. this. Is, I'm not talking about this is a good person or a good friend because what we make good sometimes isn't what God says is good. Make sure they're a believer in Him. Make sure that they also possess the same Holy Spirit that you possess because that's what gives you all understanding and discernment. If Jesus thought that the Holy Spirit was a good enough advocate for himself, I know that it is for us also, right? Just like Gideon, the Spirit of the Lord was on him, okay? So ask ask someone that, to confirm what God's telling you. Say, you know what? Here's the deal. Can I just talk to you? Can we go get lunch together? This is kind of what God's telling me, man. You know, what do you think? And you're not asking that person to speak in their goals and to, to make them your goals. You're just wanting for them to be able to lift you up and encourage you. To say, what do you think? Do you think that you see this in me? God, I feel like God's given me this to go with. This is a purpose. This is the way I can serve. This is a new calling on my life. What do you think? Because people that know you and people that know the Lord will see those attributes in you also. They'll be like, yeah, dude, like I totally see God asking you to do that because I, I see that being a gift that you have. That's more confirmation, okay? God confirms it by giving us signs he confirms himself through his word and he confirms himself through other people. Those are the three that I really wanted to touch on. Um, and I ask for you, you know, as you're listening to this, I want for you to ask yourself if you feel like you're in the position and you're prepared to really hear from God. Are you prepared right now to be able to be stripped from things that are holding you back? As he reveals them to you, all the things that you feel like have been spoken into you, ways that you're not good enough, ways that you're going to fail, know that those are the blind spots now. Say, okay, this is the way that I see the enemies worked in the past in my life forever and ever. Or maybe just as of recent. I don't know what your situation is. But know that that's your blind spot and know that the devil's going to use it again. He's going to use it the second you let your guard down. That's where he know, That's the button he knows to push. Why does he know to push it? Because it's worked throughout the rest of your life. Why would he not push that button again to make you angry? Why would he not push that button again to make you doubt yourself? Why would he not push that button to make you insecure? He knows that's where you're weak. So you have to choose to say, okay, Lord, come in and take this captive because your strength is the only thing that's going to make the devil be pushed away. Okay. Know that that's your blind spot. Once you know that you can be diligent into carving out time to make sure that God be able to make you, give you the strength to be able to resist the devil in that spot. He will prepare you in these ways. Also, you know, speaking of carving out, carve out time in your day. Just seek God. I don't care what time of day it is. Morning, lunchtime, evening, whatever it is. Say, you know what? This is the time I want to carve out that God can speak to me. Don't just do it in a situation where you know you have to make a hard decision. Carve out that time every single day so that he has the opportunity and, the, and that you never miss an opportunity to be able to hear and receive something from God. He is always near, but you have to make it a priority to be with him. He says that whenever you turn, I'm right there. I'm the one that's finding you, okay? But you have to turn around and understand that I'm right there. Not just, um, this isn't just Sunday morning, y'all, when you're at church for 45 minutes. This isn't just during this Bible study that you listen to me on a podcast because we have a new episode. This is every single day. 
seek God and his, just pursue him, y'all, every single day. The more you are with him, the more that you'll hear him. And I think that we just have to really make, um, make that a priority. Do that on purpose. Because your purpose, no matter what the calling is in your life, the first purpose that God created you for is to honor him. He created us as people to praise him, to honor him. Okay, that's where we find worth. That's where we find fulfillment. There's been a, a really a verse that I've, I know that I've spoken to y'all in weeks previous. I have just prayed this verse and read this verse time and time and time again since we have started this um, Purpose in the Process study. And I want to read it again today because I never want for us to forget it. I pray that you have it wrote down somewhere that you can access it constantly. But it's Jeremiah 33.3. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. When God's saying this, y'all, he's saying like, I'm waiting for you to seek me to want to know what this is. I'm waiting for you to be done with all the ways that have hindered you. I'm ready to show you things that only I'm the one that can be able to tell you. Unsearchable things, secrets. Think about a secret, y'all. It's something that's precious. It's something that's been hid, right? When you whisper a secret, it's, it's, it's done with such intimacy. It's like, hey, look, I got this for you and I'm ready to show it to you unsearchable things that you don't even know how to seek out on your own. That's the kind of stuff that I want to give you. I want to give you purpose that is greater than yourself. I want to give you purpose that gives you power that you could never obtain on your own. That's what God wants for you. And I just want to encourage you with that today to know that all the things that have held you back in the future, they don't get to hold you back anymore. Today is the day that you get to say, you know what? All that fear, all that doubt, all that insecurity, I know where it comes from. I'm done with it and I'm going to replace it with the truth and the calling that Jesus has placed on my life. Jesus died on the cross, y'all, so that you would be able to seek out the Father yourself. You don't have to go through another person to be able to understand the Word of God. You have the Spirit inside of you. If you have Jesus Christ as your Savior to say, you know what, God, I know this is what you're saying, and I know that it's for me because I know that I have your Spirit inside of me. Hold on to that. If you can, if you carve out a time tomorrow or some time throughout today, I want for you to get a pen and a piece of paper. And I want for you to carve out a time in your vehicle, in your office, wherever you're at, and say, you know what, Lord, I want to hear from you. I'm prepared right now to receive something from you. And when you do that, I just want for you to have a piece of paper and a pen, and I want for you to write down whatever it is that he says. Don't try to overthink it. Don't make it about yourself. Don't try to gauge if it's the God or not. Just write it down. Just write it down and say, okay, Lord, I want to hear from you and just write down. It can be one sentence. It can be four pages for all I care. But I just want you to carve out time to actually hear him in a different way than you ever have before. I know that he's going to reveal himself in a mighty way for you. The three questions I have today for you to ask yourself is to identify something that has held you back in the, in the past. What fear, insecurity, or lie has the devil told you? What is that for you? That's the question. What has held you back in the past? The second question I want for you to ask yourselves is what way are you wanting God to confirm what he's telling you? You know, I gave you the, um, the instance of Gideon, you know, whatever way it was that God, that he wanted to make sure God confirmed with the dew on the ground, with the fleece being wet. 
What way right now are you asking, God, just show me that this is you? God, give me confirmation. Maybe it's you want him to put a billboard up. I don't know what it is, but I just know that he wants to show you who he is. He wants to give you that confirmation. It makes me think of a time, and I just thought of this. I want to share it, but um, about a week ago, I went and I took uh, my husband some coffee at work because I was running some errands in town, and I saw a billboard on I-35 right outside Waco, and it said, Fear, go, Holy Spirit, come. Because I've been so scared to keep going on with doing this Bible study in this podcast, y'all. That's like a real fear of mine. Like I literally, the night before I know we're going to record or I know I'm going to teach in person, I'm just like, am I supposed to be doing this? Like, why am I doing this? Because I just feel like this is, it's fear. It's fear. We all have fear. No no matter how good of a Christian you think you are, you're still scared of something. And the enemy knows exactly what you're scared of. And I had fear. And it was like, fear go, Holy Spirit come. Because I know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And fear cannot be in the same place that freedom is. I know that. So when I saw that beer board, it was just God confirming, like, look, Shell, do the thing. Stop making it about you and the fact you don't want to. I'm not here for your comfort. I'm here for my glory. And he's, I just want for you to know that that's how he works. But once you see that, know that it's of him. Like, okay, Lord, I asked you to confirm and now you have. So that's your second question. What way is God confirming? And the last question I want to ask you is, are you really, really, really prepared for God to speak to you? Are you prepared for that? Because whatever he tells you, it may be hard to hear. It may be encouraging to hear. It may be exciting to hear. I don't know. But before you even ask, I want for you to ask ask God. Before you ask God, I want for you to ask yourself, are you prepared to listen? I pray that this message today has encouraged you. I pray that this message today has made you understand of ways that the enemy has held you back in the past. I encourage you that if any of these verses uh, meant something to you, the story of the tenants, you know, are you the one that's dug a hole and hid whatever it is, whatever gift that God gives you? Maybe nobody in your life knows what gift you have other than yourself. Don't bury it any longer. Don't hide it any longer. You want to know why? Because God's like, I'm going to take away what little I did give you. I'm going to take it away now because you're not using it. Don't want, don't, don't let God do that. Don't, don't ask for him to do that. Don't hinder him. Hinder yourself from what he has for you. Don't hinder his glory that's inside of you based off of what he's placed, y'all, because that's where it's came from. If any of this meant something to you, I pray that you share it, that you like it, that you follow us, that you continue to respond to us and our posts. And I just encourage you today to go spread Jesus. Thanks for listening.